I'm about to read a little bit of the greatest story ever told about the greatest man who ever lived. And before I read it, I want to pray because I need help as I read it. And you need help as you hear it, to not hear it with the same old ears that we've always heard the story of Jesus. So I'm going to pray for new ears, I'm going to pray for new voice, and then I'm going to read this passage and we're going to talk about it. So let's pray. Jesus, you are king forevermore. And to become king, you had to become a baby. And we're amazed and honestly probably just a little bit confused about what that could mean, that a king would be born in a manger. Jesus, help us. We're going to hear that, that the king was not only willing to be born in a manger, but was willing to go to a cross. Oh, Jesus, help us. Help us to see what that might mean for us. And Jesus, I pray that, that every here here would hear the story of Christmas with new ears. And that you'd help my voice to speak about the one who is king forevermore. I need your help. And, and Jesus, I pray that the result of our time together today would be that we would all be filled with joy and that some would come to understand who you are today, maybe for the first time. For I pray in your name. Amen. So the passage I'm going to read is from Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to read 18 through 25. And this is God's word. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep, and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. 
there was a, a businessman, and he had been gone on business for some time. He came home right before Christmas, and he knew, I better not show up at home without a gift. So he stopped at the mall on the way home, and, and he went to the counter there, and the, and the woman was going to help him, and, and he said, listen, I need to get a gift for my wife. And she said, well, I have this perfume. He said, well, how much is it? He says, well, it's $50. Oh, $50. I'm not sure I want to spend that much. She said, well, I have this slightly smaller bottle. It's $30. He said, oh, $30. Anything less? She said, oh, well, I have this. It's, it's 15. He said, well, listen, I want to make sure you understand. I'd like to see something really cheap. So she handed him a mirror. <laughs> now, listen, I, I can't do anything about your Christmas shopping. It is far too late for that. But I can do something about the person you look at in the mirror. Wouldn't you like to look the man in the mirror tonight and know that your sins are forgiven? Wouldn't you like to look in the mirror tonight and know that the woman looking back at you is fully known and 100% loved, unconditionally. Wouldn't you like to know that the person you look at in the mirror every day has a purpose big enough worth risking everything for? Listen, wouldn't you like to know that the person looking in the mirror could exchange all your anxieties for peace? You can. And the reason you can is because of what's embedded in that story that I just read. These words. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus saves us from our sins. That's the good news that comes to sinners like me. I am the biggest sinner in this room. I have disappointed Jesus, time without number. And he has never once, not once, ever disappointed me. Jesus, who is he? Who is Jesus? Most of us go through all of our life and we never ask ourselves the question. We, we've maybe heard the name of Jesus. We, we go to church on Christmas Eve or on Easter and, and we hear stories about Jesus. We never ask ourselves the question, who is Jesus? And the reason is because most of us are too busy trying to answer the question, who am I? Maybe you're here tonight, and, and that's the question that you really want to have answered. Who am I? Maybe you're the, the last single woman in your peer group, and all your other friends have gotten married, and you wonder, who am I? The last single girl. Or, or maybe you just got married. Congratulations. 
But now you wonder, who am I married to this person? Or maybe you just had kids and you wonder, well, who am I? Now that these little vipers and diapers, they want to dominate everything in my life, who am I now? Or maybe, maybe you find yourself single again. And now you wonder, well, who am I single again? Or maybe the kids have grown and they've moved away and now you're asking yourself the question, now who am I without kids at home? You see, we all naturally want the answer to that question, who am I? But you'll never answer that question unless you know the answer to the question, who is Jesus? You see, because who we are, it changes all throughout our life as our circumstances change. But if you don't have the answer to the question that really matters, who is Jesus? You don't have that locked down in your heart. Then you won't have something sure and certain that you can actually build a lasting and perfect, permanent identity off of. So who is Jesus? Jesus is God the Son. Did you see what I read? It said that Jesus Christ was born of the Holy Spirit of a virgin. I read that in verse 18. Mary was with child by the Holy Spirit. And then we read again in verse 20, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus was born of the Holy Spirit in a unique way to a virgin so that he could be fully God and fully man. You say, well, how did that work? I have no idea, but I believe it. And the reason I believe it is because that baby who was born from Mary of the Holy Spirit grew up and he performed miracles. He healed the sick and he cured the blind and he strengthened the legs of the lame and he walked on water and he raised the dead. And when he died, he didn't stay dead, but he himself rose from the dead. And that's why I believe that this one, born of the Virgin Mary, of the Holy Spirit, was fully God and fully man, and is fully God and fully man. And he is God with us. He's Emmanuel. Now, every single one of us, the reason we're so concerned about our identity, who am I, is because every single one of us have a God-shaped hole in our hearts that can only be filled by one thing, Jesus, God with us. That Jesus Christ comes from the Father to be with us. That we could have a friend who will always let us in and never let us down. That we could have God in the flesh with us to walk with us and fill that God-shaped hole 
in our hearts and to give us an identity that lasts, an identity that's sure through all the changing circumstances of life. So who is Jesus? He's fully God. He's fully man. He's God with us, Emmanuel. Now, what did Jesus come to do? What did Jesus come to do? He came to save us from our sin. That's what I read in uh, verse um, 20. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So what did Jesus come to do? Jesus came to save us from our sin. What is sin? Sin is, is any thought or word or deed that's outside God's original design. Listen, when you look at the world around you, do you see any evidence that there is a designer who has fashioned this world uniquely for you and I to live in it? Do you? Yes. There's so much evidence that behind this world is a designer. But listen, when you look at the world around you, do you see any evidence that something has gone terribly wrong? Yes. In our world, there is so much evidence that something has gone terribly wrong. And the thing that's gone te terribly wrong is that sin has come into the world. Listen, do you see any evidence in our country that something has gone terribly wrong? We live in probably the most divided times in our country's ever seen. Something's gone terribly wrong. And the answer is not what you think. It's actually sin. Listen, what about in you? Do you see any evidence in your life that something has gone terribly wrong? See, what most of us do when it gets to that point is we downplay our sin problem. Don't do that. Listen, if you downplay your sin problem, then you can't lift up your sin solution. Your sin solution is Jesus, but to get to Jesus, we have to understand our sin problem. Listen, a judge, it was Christmas and the judge was feeling very generous, so he brought a, a criminal before him. He said, listen, what are you charged with? He said, well, I'm charged with doing my Christmas shopping early. He said, doing your Christmas shopping early? That doesn't seem like much of a crime. How early were you doing your Christmas shopping? He said, well, before the store opened. <laughs> listen, your first impression about your sin is probably wrong. All of us are prone to downplay our sin. One of the ways that we do that is we tend to compare ourselves with other people. And we say things like, well, look, I may have a few flaws, but I'm not as bad as... Listen. 
it is probably true that if you compare your life with my life, you probably are doing a little bit better than me. But that's no great comfort. Listen, we all have a sin problem. We all have a sin problem, and our real problem isn't the sins we commit, but the one that we've committed sins against. See, don't make the mistake of mistaking comparative righteousness for absolute righteousness. Absolute righteousness is what we all need. And comparative righteousness won't get us where we want to go. And that's eternal life. So, what has Jesus come to do? He's come to solve our sin problem. What's our sin problem? Our sin problem is, is that we've sinned against God. And God is holy, holy, holy. He's holy in his righteousness. That means that he can't have anything that's stained by sin in his presence. He's holy in righteousness. He's holy in justice. We've all sinned and we're in trouble against God's holy righteousness. God is holy in his justice and he must punish sin. And the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. So God's holy in his righteousness, he's holy in his justice, and he's holy in his love. And so for the only way for a holy God, who's holy in righteousness, justice, and love, to save sinners is through a substitute. And that substitute, the perfect substitute, the only substitute that's fully God and fully man is Jesus. And Jesus gives us the two things that we need to be saved. The first thing we need is a new record because our record won't do. So Jesus, fully God and fully man, lived a perfect life. He did it for you to rack up a record of righteousness that he can offer to you so that you can have the kind of righteousness that a holy, righteous, holy, just, holy, loving God requires. And then Jesus Christ died the death you deserve to die. And on the cross, he paid the full penalty, do you and do me for our sin. He took our place in death. Having taken our place in life to get us, get us a record of righteousness, he takes our place in death and he goes to the cross. And on the cross, he bears the full penalty for our sin and he dies. But the third day, he rose again from the dead showing and proving that the penalty had been paid in full and there was no condemnation for anyone who puts their trust in Jesus Christ. Now, how do we get that? We get it not by doing, but by believing. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You see, I'm so glad I'm a Christian. 
because I wouldn't make it as a religious person. I'm not good enough, and neither are any of you. But you can be forgiven, and you can have a new record credited to you, given to you, and, and you can be given a purpose worth risking everything for. Wouldn't you like to be forgiven? Wouldn't you like to do life and eternity with God? That's why Jesus came, to be God with us. Wouldn't you like to go to bed tonight knowing that all your sins, the penalty for your sin, had been paid in full? Wouldn't you like to go to bed tonight knowing that you have the record of righteousness that you need? The most important question ever asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And the answer that was given was as simple as this. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. What does it mean to believe in Jesus? It's as simple as A, B, C. It begins when we admit that that sin problem that I was talking about earlier, that it's true of you every bit as much as it's true of me. You admit that, God, I've been going the wrong way. I need to turn back to you in repentance and admit that I have a huge sin problem. And it doesn't stop there. We go from admitting to believing, believing that Jesus has, has a record of righteousness that we can have, and he paid the debt that we deserve to die on the cross. He died on the cross for me. And then we commit. We say to Jesus, Jesus, I'm tired of living my life by myself, for myself. I want to live my life for you. And I want to live my life and my eternity with you. Listen, Jesus is here. If you've never gone to him and said to him, Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner. I'm in big trouble. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me and rose from the dead. Jesus, I commit to you as Savior and Lord. Come into my life and help me become the person you want me to be. If you've never done that, won't you do that tonight? Listen, I'm going to end with a prayer. And I'm going to pray for us that this would be the best Christmas ever, that our hearts would be filled with a joy unspeakable at what Jesus has done to save us. Listen, if you're hearing that for the first time and, and you want to respond to that, then I want to give you the opportunity as I pray, I'll lead you in a prayer that you can tell God right where you're sitting, that you want to admit and believe and commit to receive the free gift of eternal life. And listen, when I'm done, I'm going to ask you to take a step. Listen, every, everybody's going to have their eyes closed in prayer. But I'm going to ask you, if you receive Christ tonight, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand at the end. Because when we admit and believe and commit, it's so important to indicate we've done so. So I'm going to ask you to do that. And listen, if anyone does peek, 
it's okay. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. So let's pray. Jesus, may our hearts be filled with joy unspeakable at the glory of what you have done for us. Jesus, I washed out on religion a long time ago. But I thank you that Christianity is just right for sinners like me. Jesus, I thank you that you didn't come to show us how to live. You came to live and die and rise for us. Jesus, I thank you for, for coming. I thank you for living. I thank you for dying. I thank you for rising. I thank you for forgiving. I thank you for leading and inviting us to follow you. If you're here and you want to receive the gift of eternal life and put your trust in Christ, won't you? Won't you simply say to him right where you're seated, Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner and I cannot save myself. Jesus, I believe that you died in my place. I believe that you rose again from the dead. I receive forgiveness from you and your perfect record of righteousness. Jesus, I'll follow you as my living Savior and Lord. Help me become the person you want me to be. And if, if you've prayed that prayer to God tonight for the first time, won't you raise your hand? Let me pray for you. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for the gift of eternal life that you've given. I pray that everyone who's put their trust in you tonight and, and everyone who has saving faith in you tonight would have the assurance that our sins are forgiven and eternal life is ours, that we really are your children and you really have done it all for us. Lord, encourage every heart here and may we leave rejoicing in the King who has come to save us. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.